Hello, hello. Welcome to Chaos Under Control. My name is Emily Richardson, and I am the host and the creator of this podcast. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. I'm so glad that you came across this podcast, and I truly hope that you find this to be a very safe place of no judgment, lots of insight, just honesty, and a great place for you to come and get your chaos under control. If you're choosing to return to us and it's not your first time, that is awesome. I'm so excited you decided to come back. I truly hope you continue to join us and continue to find this as a great grounded place for you as well. Alrighty, let's dive right in. So today's topic is a topic that I've kind of held off on because I've wanted I thought I wanted to discuss it just as one big conversation and maybe have a few guest speakers with that one session, but I changed my mind and I decided that I'm actually going to discuss it by myself today and the topic is postpartum depression. Now I'm going to discuss my experience with it and what it was to me and I'm also going to discuss it a few more times with other people. The reason being is because I truly feel like it is something that is not talked about nearly enough. A lot of people don't even recognize that's what it is, but it has so many different shapes and forms. So what I experience it as may be one form, but there's a ton of other ways you can go through it as well. So I think having different people on here to kind of discuss that with me will really break that down and show you all the forms and phases of postpartum depression. (sighs) Once again, guys, it's going to get heated today. Not really, but I'm going to get really raw with y'all and very transparent. And I know that that's what I advertise this to be because I mean that with all of my being. And I know I might be a little too open sometimes, but truly to me, I would rather be too open on my own part so that someone else can maybe hear this and fix their marriage or their mental health or be a better parent or a better person or whatever it may be. And I do know that I've said that I will cover other topics besides parenthood and marriage and things, but ultimately I'm covering topics that people are sending in to me that they want discussed and then as well as configuring in the things that I've been wanting to do as well. So postpartum depression, a lot of people have requested that. So I'm going to dive right in with that and then I'll bring it up a few other times scattered, but I'll try to incorporate other topics as well. So if you're single, if you don't have kids, I know, I know you've been waiting on information that you feel like you relate to a little more and it's coming. It is. I've tried to put some out there for you, but I promise, I promise you, I will have all of that coming for you. All right, guys, let's dive right in. (laughs) So just take a few deep breaths. You got to do it, but I promise we're going to get through this and it's going to be so beneficial. So what is postpartum depression? Now, I don't know. I don't want to get so technical with it because like I said, there's so many different faces of it. Postpartum depression is different for everyone, but basically ultimately what it is, is when your hormones are coming down off of being pregnant, it's kind of like trying to baptize a cat. Think about that. Just the concept of baptizing a cat, your body for nine months, even if you had twins, one baby, if you had 12 babies at one time, whatever it is, your body has for nine months, been focused on creating this life, which is not, don't take that lightly. That is a complete honor that your body can create an entire person. That is incredible. So for that being the case, your body now is like, wait a minute, 
the baby's gone. What's going on? What is, what is happening? Your hormones are everywhere. And so right after I had my baby, I was in the hospital and he was just sitting there getting an ultrasound. They were checking his heart, checking everything. It was about an hour long ultrasound and scan that they were doing. He was in no pain. He was laying there just chilling and I was sobbing. And they told me, they're like, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just something that we're doing. He had a C-section, this and that. And it's just to be safe. But we're not looking for anything. Nothing's wrong. I, I was a mess. I'm telling you, those hormones, they have no mercy. It's ridiculous. And you're going to look back and think that you're psycho and crazy for crying so much. But for the first week of his life, I cried over nothing. I would just be sitting there just crying. Wouldn't even be talking. Nothing would be wrong. That's all part of postpartum. Now, that doesn't mean you have postpartum depression. Postpartum itself is the healing after having the baby. And that can be an easy experience for some people. It can be traumatizing. It can be all types of things. Now, if you have a natural birth, that may affect how your postpartum is. If you have a C-section, that can affect how your postpartum is. I didn't know I was having a C-section until 20 minutes before the fact. And so I didn't really have time to mentally prepare and I'm not saying that had I not had one, my postpartum recovery would have been different because I'll, I mean, I'll never know. But I truly think that every experience you have through birth can affect your postpartum um, situation. Ultimately, I mean, it can. Now, getting into the depression part of it. Postpartum, I've already said, is just the recovering of your hormones and, you know, your wound from your C-section, your body kind of getting back to normal and that can take a few months postpartum as a whole but the depression part is totally different so when you have your baby you go to your OBGYN and you do a checkup and a follow-up make sure if you had a c-section that your incision is healing properly or just anything like that make sure that your blood pressure and all that is staying where it needs to be just multiple different things just your wellness checks to follow up with yourself now when you go in there, and I want to say at the pediatrician office, they do this too. They did it at mine, but I can't speak for every pediatrician's office. They give you a paper, or they may even do it verbally or both, and they ask you postpartum depression questions, and they'll ask you, um, sometimes it's on a scale of one to 10, or it's yes, no, sometimes, whatever, and you can fill in the bubbles or do it verbally. There's all different types, but ultimately they're asking you, do you feel connected to your baby? Do you feel like some days for no reason all you want to do is cry? Do you feel like you have an emotional connection with your spouse? Do you have resentment towards your spouse that you can't explain? Do you have anger at yourself when you really don't have anything to be angry about? Are you happy or are you sad more times than not during the day? And it was crazy things. And, you know, I will say this, and I'm not putting blame on anyone, but I truly wish that every insurance or every state would make a mandatory session for first and even if you're not a first-time mom but for first-time moms to go to a hospital or sit down with uh, whoever it may be a counselor maybe sit down and discuss what postpartum depression is because you can be going through it and have no idea even when your doctor's asking you those questions so before you have your baby don't have the fear of that happening, but have the understanding that that is a possibility and know how to handle that head on when it does happen. Because some people, it gets too late for them and bad things happen. So if we could just know head on what this is, it would help so many people. And that's what I'm hoping for this podcast. So I had no idea what a C-section was. I had never looked into it. That kind of stuff grosses me out. It's not something I look at in my free time. And so when they told me I was having one, I was terrified. 
And then after I had my C-section, my hormones were out of whack, but they told me a nurse came in and I think she briefly, and I'm emphasizing heavily on briefly, and it's not her fault, but just her job didn't require her to go into it deeply. And she's like, you know, postpartum depression is a real thing. And if you're feeling down or depressed or anything, you just give us a call. And that was really all she said. And I was like, okay, whatever. Mind you, when she gave me that spiel, I had about 30 seconds of sleep because my baby was not having it in the hospital trying to sleep. He could hear all the other babies and it was a mess. But, um, Yeah, so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'm not going to have postpartum depression. I've never had depression in my life, and I've been through some crap, but I've never had depression. I just, I'm a very happy person. If you know me, you know it takes a lot to make me mad. It truly does. And even when I get mad, I don't necessarily get angry, angry. I kind of blow it off. I'm a very patient person. So when she was talking about postpartum depression, I was like, I'm not even going to worry about that. Also, which is why I never researched a C-section because my whole pregnancy, I never thought I'd have one. So just take from this, if nothing else, even though you think something may never happen to you, it very well could. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) As far as C-section and postpartum, let me just tell you, it could very well happen. So moving on. But yeah, that you go to your doctors, they give you this form and they're like, this is this, that is that. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And they give you a packet sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read the packet. You know why? Because I had so much other stuff going on. My body was healing. I was trying to take care of a baby. We had family in town. Like I literally, if I had time to do anything, it was, I was going to try to sleep, not read a packet. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to the creators of the packet. That is a great thing you do. But I truly think sitting down verbally before a woman has a baby is way more effective in my opinion, just throwing that out there. So at every appointment and they ask you for your first like three or four follow-ups and maybe even after, I don't honestly remember. Um, they ask you about your postpartum experience and if you're dealing with it well, if they're stressed, whatever. And I mean, I took this as, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm tired and I'm kind of sad sometimes, but I took that as, and I even told them, I was like, it's not anything serious. I'm a new mom. I'm running on no sleep. It's a new world that I'm in. I'm trying to figure it out. And I immediately, I ran to that as my answer. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's not right either. So if you've never had depression, you can still have postpartum depression. If you've had 15 pregnancies before and never had postpartum depression with any of those, you can still have it with this one. Every pregnancy, every postpartum situation is so different. It doesn't matter what happens, how many kids you've been through, nothing. It's all different. And so I don't want anyone to ever make light of this and make excuses. Oh, I didn't have it before. It's not this now. I'm just tired, blah, blah, blah. No, it's serious and it needs to be addressed. So when you go in your doctor's office and they ask you those questions like they asked me, don't result to just new mom mentality. Say, yeah, I have been feeling pretty sad. And if they ask you why, say, honestly, I don't know. I'm just really sad. Or just be upfront about it. If you've been so happy, tell them I've been so happy. I'm fine. And you're, you're okay. Just tell them that because you, your hormones are so imbalanced that you'll sit there and look at your dog and start bawling for no reason. And you can't explain it. So how do you expect yourself to explain feelings of guilt and stress and anger and confusion you can't your body has no idea what's going on with it right now especially a first-time mom it just experienced something for the first time it's never experienced ever in your entire life and it's like what did I just go through and how do I get through it now like what what is happening I have no idea what's going on so that's where the hormone stress comes in and when there's confusion it creates tension and stress and all kinds of other things too so 
you go to your doctor and you address that with them 100% when they ask you be honest. That's my first tip. Now, I know I've kind of bounced around with this, but it's hard to kind of stay on topic because there's just so much with it. But I'm going to jump into what my experience was with it. So I went to my doctor and he asked me the questions and I kind of just brushed it off, treated it like a new mom situation. And I really genuinely thought that's what it was. Well, then I started arguing with my husband and me and Tyler, Tyler and I, whatever the correct way to say it is, he and I are a great couple. And I'm not trying to brag because every couple has their bad sides and their pits and their peaks and their everything, but we are a great couple. We know each other. We know what the other one loves and hates. We deal with each other very well. We're very patient with each other. Throughout our marriage, we do not argue all the time. We have had very minimal arguments and we brush them off and we go about our day. Now, after having a baby, that changed. And it's awful because people, and I'm not blaming the world as a whole, but people will say, oh, you're just new parents. You're figuring it out. Oh, you're just tired. Oh, you're just this. Oh, you're just going back to work after having a baby. It's just distress. You'll be fine. And that's what people tell you. And that probably all does have a lot of effect to it. But there's so much more to it than that sometimes. And my husband would come into our bedroom and I would, he would get up before me, go make coffee, whatever. And he would come in there and I would just be bawling. And he looked at me like I was a psychopath. And he's like, what is wrong with you? Because I'm not like that. I get emotional. I've always been this way. If an animal dies on TV, I lose it. That's it. I'm not, I don't just cry all the time. I was literally waking up in the morning, sobbing my eyes out. And he's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm not a good enough mother. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing it right. I'm just not. I can't do this. And my in-laws were in town and they were helping. They were helping so much. And I'm telling you this as just, I, again, I know I'm bouncing around, but everything I'm saying, I mean it with my whole heart and I'm so passionate about it. That's why I can't write a script and follow it, y'all. Every podcast I've ever done, there's never been notes in front of me. I've never, I just wing it because I can't read you a script. I'm not that kind of person. Um, you can probably tell that in my voice, which is why I'm everywhere, but irrelevant. Um, my in-laws were in town. The second he was born, they were here. They helped me so much and they knew I had a C-section. I couldn't get out of bed. It was awful. The pain of healing from a C-section is like nothing else. And so I was going through a lot physically. They wanted Tyler and I to have rest. They were being so helpful and I had so much resentment toward them and it, it was unnecessary. And I know that now, but at the time they would like feed Stetson his bottle in the morning and help with him. And I would just cry in my room and I'm like, I'm not good enough. I, I can't do this. They're better than me. Like they're doing it. And my husband was like, babe, they're trying to help. Like you literally just got your guts cut open. You need to rest. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand that because for nine months, that baby was a part of me. I was throwing up. I was a mess. And to have him just not there anymore, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And so I thought I had to do everything, but they were here and they were helping and they were doing so much for us. They were cleaning our house. They were cooking for us. Like I could not have asked for better help. And had they not done that, it wouldn't have made my situation any different. I would have still felt like I wasn't doing enough. Um, so if you ever get offered help, I truly recommend you take it. Just know that you're going to wish you did later on. But anyways, back to what I was saying. So I just felt like I wasn't enough and I couldn't figure out why, because I tried to breastfeed and he just couldn't figure out how to latch. And I think having a C-section had a lot to do with that. I was doped up a long time after he was born for about four and a half hours. And because of that, it was just really hard for me to help him latch. And it was just hard. 
So I was pumping and giving him formula because my supply just hadn't come in strong enough and I wanted to make sure he was getting what he needed. Looking back now, if I was more educated on breastfeeding, I might have not had to use formula, but I don't regret it because he's fed and that's all that matters. So I was pumping. I was glued to my pump 24-7 trying to make sure he had all the milk he needed and I literally was upstairs in the room pumping. Family was down here with him. And I was just, I felt disconnected. I was doing everything I could for him. Pumping, trying to breastfeed, nipples bleeding, swollen, cracked, so much pain, clogs in my boobs. Like literally, if you're a guy, first of all, on this podcast, more power to you. Because I didn't even consider that guys may be on here. And I'm just giving it as it is, being honest. So if this grosses you out, you may want to go. But anyway, um... I was giving all I could to him and I was doing everything that I could to make sure he was taken care of. I got up with him every time he woke up at night. My husband was helping me, but we did take turns here and there and I was getting out of bed, hurting like crazy. Showering was a job. It was hard. Like it was just horrible. It was hard. It was horrible. It was awful. It was stressful. It was, it was everything. And so even though I was literally doing everything that I could I was like, I'm not doing enough for him. I'm not good enough for him. And my husband's like, what do you think it is you're not doing? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not doing enough. Your mom's doing better than me. She just needs to take care of him. And then I got offended that she was taking care of him. I'm like, I'm his mom. I can do it. Why is she doing it? And it was ridiculous. Like, I'm not that type of person. And so I was like, yeah, I just had a baby. I'm just tired, whatever. Well, then that kind of faded off. And then it just turned into like a month or so after that. Things might have gotten better in that sense. But then it got to where I was trying so hard to make him be the best that he was. And like, if I saw another baby on Facebook doing something before him, I felt like I had felt him as a mom. Even if that baby was only 15 seconds older than him or a month and a half younger than him or a day older than him or whatever, no matter what, I was in a comparison state. And I was like, why isn't my baby doing this? What did I do wrong? Is it because I gave him formula and breast milk and not just breast milk? Did I fail as a mother? It's my fault. And like, I couldn't get out of that. And so I constantly lived in this zone of I'm failing him as a mom. I'm not doing enough. And then my breast milk supply pretty much died. And so then I started formula feeding him and then it got bad. It got to where I felt like our finances were struggling because we were buying formula all the time and it's so expensive. And if I could have done more as a mother, my supply would have stayed up and he would be able to have breast milk. And I was working all the time and I went back to work and I was working and working and just trying to do everything I could to provide for him. And I was never finding satisfaction and I always felt like I'm not doing enough. And every other mother out there is doing so much better than me. Even the moms who are formula feeding, they're doing better than me. Even the moms who are breastfeeding and formula feeding like I once did, they're doing better than me. Just it didn't matter. It had nothing to do with who it was, who their baby was. There was it was nothing like that. It was simply the fact that everyone in the world was doing better than I was doing for my baby. Which I'm not saying is true in the slightest. But to me, I was doing awful and they were doing better than me. And so when I would come home from work or when I would not have to work and I would just be at home. I was just laying around. I wouldn't clean. I didn't want to cook. I mean, I would cook, but I didn't want to cook. I just wanted to sit there and feel bad for myself. For what reason? I don't know. But I just felt like that I was just in a a pit of depression and it's not me at all. And so it came down to me and my husband arguing about the littlest things. And he would be like, hey, like, 
you know, he would jokingly say something and I would blow up like a bomb. I would get so offended. I'd get so mad. I'd yell at him. I'd lose my patience with him. And he's like, what is your problem? I'm like, what is your problem? And it just, it went on and on and on. And it was honestly just, it wasn't, it wasn't me and it was unnecessary. And I knew that, but I I couldn't own up to the fact that something was wrong with me, that I didn't just have a baby. We're five, six, seven months into this and it's still going on. And my husband and I were arguing day in and day out about the smallest things, or it would go to me being at my job and be hating being there, but then coming home and hating being at home and not wanting to cook, not wanting to clean, not wanting to do anything. But it, it was just, it was this mental block that I had no idea what was going on with me. And so my husband and I, we got in a huge argument at one point And I sat down with him and we talked about what is it that we want the other one to do. We've got to fix this. Our marriage is literally straining over this and it's holding on by a thread. And I realized in that conversation with him, it was a very long conversation. I realized it was me. Now, we both have things to work on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's perfect or I'm perfect. But I realized that my postpartum depression was killing me. Like, not literally, which to some people, it gets that bad. So I'm telling you, if you think you have it, go see a doctor. I cannot stress that enough. But to me, it was it was killing me inside to where the happy soul that I was, I wasn't being for my baby and I wasn't being for my husband. I didn't have the energy to cook. I didn't have the energy to clean. I just wanted to sit there and I was so depressed and I hated how life had changed. I love my baby. I love, I never, now I'll tell you this throughout the whole thing. I never regretted having my baby. I loved him more than anything, but I felt like I was not enough for him, that he was so good that I just, I wasn't enough for him. And some women don't have a connection to their babies and it's so sad and it breaks my heart and they resent their babies. So I'm telling you, if you fall in any of these categories, please see a doctor. It is so worth it. But I did not regret having my baby. I loved him more than anything, but I truly felt like I just wasn't what he needed or for my husband. I felt like now that I had this new body that was not skinny like I've been all my life and I looked pudgy and just not attractive, that my husband didn't need me. He needed someone better. He needed someone more attractive, a better mom, a better wife. My baby needed a better mom. I just, I didn't see anything good in myself. Everything about me just went away and it was all bad. And so... We had a long talk and I told myself, I was like, you've got to get help. I said it out loud. I said, I'm going to a therapist. And my husband was like, is that what you want to do? I said, yeah. And you know, my whole life, it's not that I've been against therapy. I've just never felt the need to go. I've always been a happy person. I've never thought people going to therapy was wrong. It's perfectly fine, but I've never needed that for myself. And so I've made excuses for so long. And I told him, I said, look, I'm going to therapy. I need this. Our marriage needs this. Our child needs this. You don't have to go. It's totally up to you. But I'm a person right now that I don't understand. I'm a person that if I met this person on the streets, I would pray so hard for them. So why am I not doing that for myself? I'm a person that truly does not understand the life that they have, how blessed they are to have a husband that loves them and a baby that is the best thing that they could ever ask for. What is wrong with me? And he told me, he's like, I don't know. And he doesn't have sisters. I mean, he has uh, step siblings, but he doesn't have sisters he grew up with. And so he doesn't understand this either. And he's like, I don't know, but you're just not yourself. I said, I understand that. And I finally, I looked into postpartum depression and I was like, this is what it is. I Googled it. I looked up information. I finally went into the mom groups and you can love or hate those, whatever. But I went into the mom groups where people were posting about it. And I was like, yeah, this is what it is. It is. And 
I'm not ashamed by that anymore because now I've contacted a therapist. We're starting sessions. When we move to Georgia, I'm going to continue with those sessions. And I firmly believe that postpartum depression doesn't stop when you acknowledge it, but it loses so much of its power. Because before when you didn't know or when I didn't know what it was, I was sitting there in the emptiest spot I've ever been in my life of just sitting around the house decaying as a person. Like I would just sit there and stare at the wall and be so depressed at how my body looked, at how I just felt like I wasn't enough for anyone and how I felt like I wasn't doing enough and how I could never be enough. And I just sat there and rotted in that to the point that I I couldn't bring myself to acknowledge of what it was because I didn't know. And now that I actually know and I've wrapped my head around it, a part of that has died, a big part of it. Because now when I start to get in that same space, I'm like, nope, you have a great husband. You have a great child and this is going to pass and you're going to get through it. And it is not forever. It's not the new you. You don't deserve to have the best baby in the world and this awful stress of a fake mentality come in and take that happiness and joy from you. You don't deserve that. It's not fair. Nobody deserves that. Having a baby should be the best time of your life. This postpartum depression should not be able to just swoop in that and take it. So it honestly took me identifying that. And I'm telling you, I've hooked up therapy sessions and we're getting started soon and I cannot wait. But it has already gotten so much better. I became my own therapist for this time being and I'm telling you it's better. Every time I get sad, I'm like, that man in there loves me. He loves me so much that I'm the mother of his child. He works so hard for our family. He doesn't complain when he does the laundry or the dishes or things that I have not picked up the slack doing that I'm supposed to do because I'm sitting here in a depressing pit. He just does everything. And this baby in here looks at me like I rule the world. Like how on earth did I have a baby that is so happy and sweet and just does the funniest things? How did I get that? Because that baby is half me and half the person I love. That's how he is half of me. So half of that joy is me. He didn't get that from the depressing woman that I've become who doesn't appreciate what she has because this demon in my head is making me think that I don't have anything when I have everything. A million dollar lottery couldn't buy this. And I truly have to remind myself of that every single day. And I'm telling you, and it's so hard to even talk about this because the fact that I even allowed myself to get that deep just breaks my heart. But I literally, the examples, and I'm going to give you examples of postpartum depression that I had so you know what to look out for, and I know I've rambled on about this, but these are the things that happened to me that led me up to about, let's see, my baby will be eight months next month. So it took me seven months, a little over seven months around that time, no, probably seven months exactly, to realize what was going on with me. So first of all, it started with... I wasn't getting sleep, obviously, which factors into depression, no matter what type it is. I wasn't getting sleep. When I was sleeping, I wasn't actually resting because I was constantly in fear that my baby was going to die in his sleep or was going to choke or something was going to happen. So I wasn't actually sleeping when I was sleeping. I had the stress that something was going to happen to him. And then after it moved on from that, when we were taking him out in public, I was thinking, what if I'm wearing him in the baby carrier and it just snaps off my body and he smacks his head on the ground and he dies? Like I lived in a fear that something was just going to happen to him. And it wasn't necessarily someone was going to kidnap him or whatever. It was just simple. It's like, oh, we want to go out to eat at a restaurant. Well, I'm going to sit here and he's going to be in the booth with me. I'm going to be holding him. And then he's going to fall out of my arms onto the floor and something bad's going to happen. The server's going to walk on him. Like literally 
the wildest things. And I would sit there and I wouldn't even react. I would just think these things in my head all day. Like Tyler would say, let's go eat. And that's what I would think. Or let's do this. And that's what I would think. And it's bizarre. And it's all the time. And then you go to lay down at night and you're like, what if he stops breathing right now? Or what if he's fine and then his baby monitor or whatever it is, outlet, whatever you use, what if it just turns off, the batteries die, if it has a glitch and it doesn't catch that he's dying in his sleep. Like it literally was eating me alive. So then I finally got over that phase. And throughout that phase, I told you when my in-laws were here, that was, oh, they're better than me, whatever, whatever, because they were here. When they left, obviously that went away because they weren't here. I was like still thinking about it when they left as maybe I'm not doing as good a job as they did, but as they left, it got better. I'm still truly so thankful they came though. I want that to be clear. But then after I got through that phase, it went to me and my husband arguing. And it was just little arguing then, but it built up over the months. And that's really where it kicked in. And throughout that time of arguing, it was me hating my body. And so if he like whistled at me or made a comment, I would snap at him and be like, stop lying. It's not true. I got very angry at him because I had pictures in my phone from 2016 when I looked like a Holocaust victim. I was so tiny, which now I was not healthy back then. Let me just throw that out there. But in my mind... I was disgusted that I didn't look like that the way I did when my husband met me, tiny, with no kids, no responsibilities. I was so disgusted by that, even though he knows I literally just had his child and my body went through a crazy thing, but I didn't give myself that credit. I actually, at one point, found a picture of me when I went to Miami for my 22nd birthday and I was at the beach, so tiny, so tan, all that good jazz. I took that picture and I made it my lock screen wallpaper and my regular wallpaper to remind me of how I don't look. And you can't heal that way. I literally was forcing myself every time I opened my phone to look at pictures of myself so much tinier than I was years ago when your metabolism changes, everything about my life was different. And so because of that, I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to skip eating today. And then the next day I'd eat a lot. And then the next day I'd skip, which probably had a lot to do with why breastfeeding failed because my caloric intake was like a roller coaster. Nothing was consistent. But beyond that, I did that with the pictures. I looked at those all the time and my husband would go to the gym and I would resent him so bad because I would be at home with the baby and I never have cared that he has gone to the gym. He's in the military. It's part of his job. But I was thinking he's going to go and get more attractive while I'm sitting here healing with the baby and trying to get better. And he's going to go to the gym and get more attractive and never want to be with me. And I just, I took everything in life that even was normal before, like him going to the gym or him whistling at me and giving me a little flirty comments. And I made him bad. And it was all the time. And it caused us to argue. And then I got into the depressing state where I was like, okay, it's been five months. I still don't have the body I want. I've gone to the gym a little bit. I still don't have a great body, which clearly doesn't happen overnight. But in my mind, it was supposed to because I had been small all my life. So to not be small was a whole new world. And I was stressed out. I was like, you know what? I'm in the gym. Everyone's looking at me. Everyone's judging me. I'm the only girl there that doesn't have a great body. They're probably laughing at me. And everyone's just making jokes about me being here. So I stopped going to the gym. I felt horrible about it. I came home and I just sat here and I just stared at the wall and I just was hating myself and everything and just angry about life. Didn't want to clean the house, didn't want to do anything. And don't get me wrong, our house did not go to filth. My husband stepped up on the days that I just didn't want to do it. And I had good days and bad days. 
But there was a lot of times where I was like, you know what? I can't do it. I'm just going to sit here today and stare at the wall and feel bad for myself. And I did. And my baby would cry and just cry as babies do sometimes when he's fighting sleep. And I felt like I couldn't get him to stop crying. So I wasn't worthy of being his mother. It was honestly every month brought on its new challenge. But ultimately, when my husband and I started bickering, it got worse and worse and worse. And I was retaliating and being angry towards him for no reason. He would try to hug me and give me a kiss. I didn't want him to touch me. I didn't want him near me. It was like insanity. It was just awful. And so sitting down with him and having that breaking point where we knew that if I didn't get help, I mean, granted, he as a person who is imperfect had plenty of things to work on too. But from my perspective of my own problems, if I didn't get help, this marriage was not going to last. And we knew that 100%. We couldn't sugarcoat it. I had to get help because I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I knew something was wrong and it had been going on long enough. And so looking into postpartum depression, taking it seriously. Like when I went to my doctor, I didn't notice that's what it was. But when I Googled it and asked around and talked to other moms and researched, I was like, wow, this is definitely what that is. And this is very scary. And the thing about it is that for some women, they can have it for three months. Some women can have it for a week. Some can have it for a year. Some can have it and they don't know when it goes away because it still hasn't. Or it can create depression that just sticks around for the rest of their lives. And some women don't get it at all. And everyone's different. Every pregnancy is different. And that's fine. But if you ever hear someone say they think they're having postpartum depression or you notice it, take that seriously. Don't think they're being dramatic or depression in general. Don't think they're being dramatic. Don't think them going to therapy is a joke and they're weird and they're ridiculous and that's embarrassing. You need to take that seriously because they are admitting to you or making it known they need help and that is so brave. It's so brave and it's so it takes so much courage to admit that about yourself and then admit that for other people to hear, whether it's a therapist, your family, whatever. So if someone you know is going through that, please be that voice. And if they aren't recognizing it themselves, just tell them. Be like, hey, I'm not saying this is what you're going through. I'm not trying to scare you. But maybe you should go get checked out for postpartum depression. The worst that can happen is that you go in there and they say, yeah, we just need to do some sessions with you and get it taken care of. Like why waste this precious time with your baby and husband and make it awful when you could go get looked at and hopefully it can get better. And... Another thing too, I know a lot of women and husbands and whatever, after their babies, they just change as a couple. They're not interested in each other anymore. Their priorities are different. One of the spouses might be ready to take care of the baby and the other one didn't realize all the work and they're not ready. And I'm not saying that if you have postpartum depression and that's your situation, that getting your postpartum depression fixed will fix that situation. I'm not saying that at all because that's not true. You have to still invest in your spouse with or without depression. It doesn't matter. But ultimately, I just wish that I knew more about postpartum depression before having my baby. So I knew the signs to look for. Again, there are multiple signs. But so I knew what to look for, how to handle it. And I wasn't so stubborn and well, I've never had depression before. There's no way I have it now and didn't ask for help. I wish so much I would have asked for help sooner. We could have avoided so much. But by the grace of God, I have a husband who understands that I want to do better and I'm going to do better. And he's being very patient with me through that. I'm being patient with him as he fixes things about himself. And we are fighting to be the best parents and the best that we can for each other. That's what we want. We want to be the best we can for each other. He wants me to be the healthiest version of myself. And I'm working every day towards that. It's a never-ending goal, but I will get there. But I'm telling you, 
I can't say this enough, postpartum depression, it does not get spoken about enough. It gets pushed under the rug. It makes people think that they're trying to put the spotlight on them. And it's all these things that it's not. It ultimately is something that is very serious. It has no sympathy on anyone and it does not discriminate. It picks and chooses as it chooses. There's nothing you can do about it. But if it happens to you, be strong enough, be prepared enough to handle it. Truly do it. You will not regret handling it, but you will regret it if you don't. I'm telling you, please try to handle it. If you have army insurance, there's tons of resources. I don't know what other, or not just army, but military. I don't know what other choices for insurance there are out there, but tons of therapists will work with you. You can find a friend. You can call your hospital. You can do so many things. There's mom groups and all above just all the way above if you cannot find anyone else or even if you can I am always here to talk about it I do not judge I will not blast you it will stay between you and I it can even be anonymous I just want people to know that they have someone to talk to to get through it so please please invest in yourselves invest in your spouse invest in your marriage in your child whatever it is invest in that and hold on to it so that if this happens to you you can tackle it head on and make sure that it doesn't happen again or maybe prevent it from happening to a relative or a friend or whatever it may be so please Keep that in mind. I'm going to have so many segments on postpartum depression. I'm going to have ones where marriages have actually split up, maybe. I have lots of people in mind. Some of them are debating if they're comfortable enough talking about it. So there's going to be a lot of topics, but I'm going to try to get them on here. But the different categories I'm leaning towards are when postpartum depression actually takes over and your marriage falls apart or whatever it is, or when you actually manage your postpartum depression early on. And comparing postpartum depression when you have it in a pregnancy versus when you don't, all these different things. I know tons of moms who have gone through it, but I'm not going to pressure anyone to tell their story if they're not comfortable with it. However, I want to get this information out to y'all. So thank you for coming so much. I truly appreciate it. I'm always here to get your chaos under control. I'm so grateful for those of you that came back if it's not your first time. If it is your first time, I hope I didn't scare you. That's not my intention. There's tons of other content we will be covering. But for now, we're kind of in this motherhood realm that a lot of people have given insight on or a lot of people have given their input on that would like insight on. So thank you for coming. I can't wait to do another podcast soon. As always, guys, I can't wait to see you back here to get your chaos under control. Y'all have a great day, guys. Bye.